Episode 343, After the Whistle, presented by Seneca Buffalo Creek Casino. Nothing else comes close. The Seneca Side Notes Part 3 went out last night. Reeves Job. What do you think of the title? Reeves Job. The sound bite's terrific. I really... All I right. cut a, I cut that sound bite up like I cut up a dance floor. I love how we're patting ourselves on the back, and uh, we haven't even we're not even a minute how, in. This how is are, excellent. How are we patting ourselves? Derek Roy coming up. Yep. Look forward to having the sausage on. He got a microphone, so he's going to be joining us throughout the year. Quite a lineup, quite a cast of characters, and I'm sure there'll be more as the season rolls on. Got some things to talk about too, legitimately. Not even uh, saber related, but um, man, the Benson debate continues. eh? like this is the big discussion. There's a lot of the Benson com- debate continues. We'll have to get more into that. There's a long uh, after the whistle because of our soundbite yesterday, and I think we talked more about him. But there's a long conversation, a battle going on between two guys, <laughs> just shredding each other and us. Other media members are being brought into it. I don't. I don't know what's going on. So what are they saying? I don't. I don't know. I can't. Can't keep up, man. I don't know when. What? Well, give me written. the gist of it. Like if you're gonna bring these two guys, someone up knows on more Twitter than just... hockey about the other guy, and I know more hockey, and than you'll ever know. And Benson did struggle in his first game. They said Benson struggled in the regular season. Well, he did struggle in the first game of the season. That's it. Fuck. Whatever. We'll talk to Derek Roy too about what it's like to play as a a young little turd in this league, full of piss and vinegar. Hey, eh? Roy's was full of piss and vinegar, man. But I don't think he was eighteen. Might have been nineteen when he broke in. Hockey is all hell too. From what from what I was told, because I wasn't around him when he was uh, when he was a rookie. But I played junior um, with him. It's been the same the entire way. That's why I love him. Hasn't changed so, one bit. Has so consistent. So, so describe him to me as a uh, rookie trying to make the Buffalo Sabres. Describe Roisey. Mighty Mouse. Here I come to save the day. <laughs> That's it? That's your description? Uh, I don't. I, listen. Was he cocky? He had to be. Let's talk to him about it. I got a better topic for you right now. Then we'll talk Benson with Roisey. I have a better topic for you because you've been hot on this for years. Are you ready? Alex Ovechkin. Zero shots in consecutive games. First time in his entire career. Hmm. Gretzky safe. How many games he played? Four. Four games. He's got no goals, two assists. Guess he's finished. Guess he's washed up. Well, do you think there comes a point where Ovi just maybe shuts down the training a little bit and maybe not shuts it off, but maybe like tones it down and just goes just all basketball? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I think that's all he was doing for a long time was just shooting hoops back in Russia. Um, but, but seriously, like, do you think there comes a point where he's just like, fuck it, I'm not skating until training camp. Like, do you think maybe, you know, he's pulling the old, I'm just going to leave my gear hanging here and I'll get to it when I get back here after Labor Day or what? Um, is there any I footage? I don't know him at all. Is there any footage? Like we knew when PK Subban was skating because there was footage of it everywhere. Ever. Right. Yeah. And Lindsay, uh, Lindsay Lohan. No, Lindsay. What was his girlfriend's Lindsay, name? Lindsay Vaughn. Lindsay Vaughn. Lindsay Vaughn at the time. But I have never seen any off-season footage of Ovechkin training. Okay. Does that mean he doesn't train? Don't know. I'm just kidding. I, anyway. I think uh, in today's day and age, um, these these professional players take very good care of themselves on so many different levels that we didn't. Um, back when we were doing it, I think things have evolved with how these young people train and, and older people train. Um, and it's, it's very impressive. It's very impressive. Alex Ovechkin, the reality of it is this (laughs) father time is going to set in at some point. He has been super human 
Like, I mean, completely off the chart. For me, almost mind-blowing in what he has done throughout his career. Like last year, what did he score last year? How many how many goals? 40? Uh, definitely 40. 43? 43 goals, I think he had last year. Maybe? He, he has just done um, some mind-blowing things up to this point, but I, I just keep on thinking to myself, man, at some point, he has to start to dip in his play. His body, who he's played over 1,300 games, is eventually, maybe he hasn't, maybe he hasn't played 1,300 games. I think he's played, he's played 1,350. Oh, has he? Okay. 50. Um, he's played a lot of games. And at some point, your body is going to start to break down. And those gears uh, are going to start to rust up a little bit and slow you down. Slow you down. Okay, that's where that's where all this is going. Because, I, I mean, it, the game is getting a lot faster. I mean... And he's getting a lot slower. So the game's going in two different directions for him. And that's no disrespect to Alex Ovechkin. I think he is... I think he's the greatest. I think he's the greatest goal scorer that's ever played this game. There's nobody I think is on his level. The consistency that he, what did you say this morning to me? How many goals that Alex Ovechkin was going to score this year? I don't remember. Did I say 25 to 30? You said 28 goals. He's going to score this year. Okay. Okay. Are you sure? I'm positive. Okay. Well, I just okay. want to know what when the what the cutoff is for your memory, the forget line. Well, let me tell you, things stick in my brain and some things don't. Last year he scored 42 <laughs> goals. The year before that he scored 50. And that was 42 goals in 73 uh, games. So he okay, missed correct nine me if I'm games. wrong. The, the two years ago did he not have like seven or 10 goals in the first three games and then the same and I'm not saying like he just he started I think he started off very streaky. Of, I know he's streaky. I know he's streaky. And this, like, I don't even know why. Is this even a story that he's, he had? To me, the fact that he hasn't had a shot in two games is, is and that's the first time in his career. Look, I'm not sitting here saying he's, he's not going to catch Gretzky, but I am going to say that is, it's an interesting stat. Sorry to spend so much time on it. No, the, I mean, I could spend, I could spend every waking minute talking about this guy and about this. He's going in and he is what how old is he? Oh my god. He's got to be 38. I, I would think he's got to be around 38. Um he has no goals in four games. The sky's falling, right? Um you told me about an hour ago that you could that Alex Ovechkin's probably going to score around 28 goals. And I was thinking in my mind with his extremely long career he has only scored in the 20s once in his entire NHL career every every year it's either 60 65 yeah, wasn't that in a I think he has season? nine he has nine years of of 50 plus goal seasons he has one two three four seasons of over 40 and he's got a couple in the thirties, a 32, a 38, but he, like he scored 32 goals in 48 games. He played half a season. He was on pace for high fifties. And the year that he scored 24 goals, 24, he had an absolute awful year. He scored 24, but then all of a sudden you look at it and go, he only played 45 games. He was on pace for 45 again that year. Like the guy is superhuman. Like, I mean, he is a freak. When you look at how, what he's done in this league scoring goals, like I, I've never seen a guy more consistent in all the years in ever. It is just truly unbelievable what he has done. And you know what? We're four games in and we're, we're like, oh my God, two games in a row. He never got a shot on net. Oh, it's, it's, listen, 
you're completely missing my entire point. If you think this is a pile on for Ovi, do I think I don't think he's going to score 45 goals this year. I think he's going to score between 25 and 35 goals. I think he's going to get under 30. I really do. And okay. what what's the reasoning for but that? Here's what is the reasoning for your thought of him not being able to score 40 goals this year? I have to, I'm going to have to watch him more to at least validate what I'm saying. But for openers, from what I've seen so far, speed loss. He wasn't. He hasn't been fast in years. He's 38. He's, he's he's actually not been that bad the last few years. Like I think I think the unless he I don't know unless he had a late night out in Ottawa. Yeah, but very possible. My, but the point is 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 that it's not. It's just that I think I'm more amazed. At that stat, here's what I want you to do. Roisy's ready to go. Google most shots in the NHL history. Can I just tell you before we get to Roisy one okay. thing? Will you will you look that up when we get to Roisy? Can you at least acknowledge yeah, what, if I remember it? Ten years, the last ten years of Ovi. Ten years ago, he scored fifty-one. Nine years ago, fifty-three. Eight years ago, fifty. Then he had a thirty-three goal season. Awful year. The worst year. Okay. Then he scored 49. Then he scored 51, 48. Then he scored 24 goals in 45 games. So he was on pace for high 40s. Then he scored 50. Last year, he scored 42 in 73 games. There was nine games that he missed and he still scored 42. So what makes you think that he cannot score 40 this year? Because he's gone on a four game goal drought to start a season? No. I think deep down, I just don't want him to pass Gretzky. You're crazy then. Okay. Well, Alex Obeshkin's playing in a completely, and I mean completely different era. That is 10 times harder to play in than than Wayne Gretzky. That's just my opinion. He buried an empty netter and worked his ass off for for an empty netter to pass Gordie Howe. And I thought that was bullshit. They never should have counted that. Should have had to be with a fucking goalie in the net. You can't break Gordy Howe's record with an empty netter. You looking for a nice little getaway? Seneca Allegheny Resort and Casino. Natural beauty meets true luxury. Surrounded by the lush hills of the rolling Allegheny Mountains, incredible views are second only to the outstanding accommodations and service. Enjoy the AAA Four Diamond Resort, complete with luxurious rooms and amenities, expansive dining options, and of course, world-class gaming nestled in the foothills, just a short drive from the quaint village of Ellicottville. Go to SenecaAlleghenyCasino.com for more details. Hey, Andrew. You ever been in a car crash? I know you have because you're a terrible driver, but fortunately for me, I haven't, but I know who I'd call if it ever happened to me. Call our friends at Salino Law, 800-555-5555. For a car crash, call Salino, 800-555-5555. Great to have you on. Get you something to do now that you're in retired mode, baby mode. Just sit on your your sofa full of cash mode. (laughs) <laughs> it's great to be on. Thanks, guys, for having me. Look at how fluffy that bed is in the background. That's just filled with Benjamins. It's <laughs> unbelievable. It's a spare room. Hey, your wife's not going to hear this, okay? She's not going to be listening to the pod. Where's the stash? Where's the cash stash? You know, a couple, couple holes in the wall. <laughs> oh, you're going Escobar style. Huh? Yeah, Escobar style. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I love it. Well, before you came on here, we had a little chat. And maybe you don't think it's a storyline, but we do. Ovi hasn't had a shot in consecutive games. That's the first time in his career. So he's obviously chasing Gretzky. How many goals do you think Ovi scores this year, Roisy? Well, I mean, their team is not uh, what it used to be, I think. They're getting a little bit older and uh, a little bit slower. But, you know, he's going to get his shots on the power play, I think. Um, he's obviously a, a shooter first mentality kind of guy. So, um, he's just got to put pucks towards that. I think a lot of times when he scores goals, he just buries his head and shoots it as hard as he can. And I don't even think he knows where it's going half the time. Um, but he's, uh, you know, he's an unbelievable scorer and he, he finds ways to score nowadays and also 822 all games, man. And you're going to say right now on this pod that he doesn't know where he's shooting it. Oh, sometimes I don't know, man. He buries his head and fires it. 
but I, uh, I was in training camp and, uh, he de- in Washington and he works on a shot a lot and after practice. They, you know, line up a bunch of one timers for him. And I think he actually knows well, exactly doesn't think he works it. out anymore. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, I don't know. I think, uh, he's had a, he's had a long what, career, man. He's had, what's a his body of- like? Like, is it, is he solid? Does he got he's, some, he's thick. He's very thick. Uh, you know, when you, well, when you run into him, he's like a wall. Oh, so, yeah. um, you know, he's not like ripped by any means, but he's, he's thick and he looks like he's in good shape. So, so he's uh, not like Dana Zubers, but he's, he's, yeah, he's, 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 he's kind of like Zuby. That's exactly a great, I think he's actually thicker in the upper body than what Zuby was. Zuby's legs and butt were Zuby the biggest six, legs five, and butt around. 235 chiseled. Ovi's 6'2", 6'3". 6'2", 6'3", yeah, 6'2". 235, and I, I always thought he was like a little, he always looks like he has a little bit of a, just a little, little bit of baby fat. Like Doug McKenney would have made him ride the Airdyne. <laughs> coming in a training camp right off the bat. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Morning <laughs> fat class. Uh, coming up a 65-goal season. If he wasn't under 10% body fat, he's he's doing extra, man. You got to get that body fat down. Score a 65, he'd be 2,000 calories and riding a fucking Airdyne every day. And still remember Thomas Vanek, who's scoring 40 goals a year, is like not eating and eating salads for a week because uh the body fat test was coming up and i've got to be uh doug's gonna be upset with me holy shit banner you score 40 gives a shit about a fat <laughs> test i remember coming into training camp and seeing guys on the remember spacho was on the bike and, and guys like that in the morning and you just felt bad for them you're walking in they haven't even had a bite of food yet and they're they're on the bike doing a 500 calorie uh airdyne ride for 30 minutes before before stretch that was tough Oh, Isn't that on man. them though? Like, do you, you think? Know what let me ask year, you this though. No, the year that I actually come into camp where I'm like fucking eight point five percent body fat, just because I'm the fourth line plug, it's like, Petey, join him, get on there with him. I'm like, what the fuck, man? Like, what the fuck? I'm not fucking fat anymore. I'm not. <laughs> they, they need a little. They need a little guy like a, a bike guy. You know how you need a locker room guy. You're the, you're the bike guy. Two hundred and forty-seven pounds. I was ten point three percent body fat in training camp, and they called me fat. I should, you know what? I should have sued them for like uh, just the the mental torment that put on me. You remember? <laughs> oh my god, it's so stupid. Um, do you remember the? Do you remember the runs that we had to do on that one treadmill that went like twenty miles an hour? It was like oh. it was like to <laughs> the point where if you if you stepped one inch to the right or left, you would be going back through the wall. <laughs> do you remember that? Oh they, yeah, I'm Eight, thinking to myself. They went, to, they went 18. We would do sprints. Doing sprints. <laughs> I never had to do that, guys. 18.5 <laughs> miles per hour. Roy Fitzpatrick just about flew off and went through the fucking wall of mirrors, but right behind him. Like what a spot for a wall of mirrors, eh? Right behind the treadmill that goes. Yes, exactly. I'm thinking to myself, what, like, what are we doing? I'm not an Olympic sprinter. I'm not Usain Bolt. Like what is going on right now? You know, like there's training and then there's just stupidity. Do you remember what the one, there was one guy, Petey. Okay. There's one guy that could absolutely fly like a scud missile on the, on the treadmill. Patty Coletta. No. Oh, Patty Coletta could fucking fly on that. Yes, thing. he could. But this Those guy big size fifteens. this guy was an, and you, and once I say his name, he was always in very, very, very good shape. He was always a player that was trying to stay with the big club. Nathan Page, he always came in. I remember the years. He he always came in in phenomenal shape. Phenomenal. Yeah, he was shape. coming in great shape. Yeah, we we kind of yeah, didn't yeah. get we, her answer. We so like, wait, answer. how how many goals? How is many goals? goals? Scoring? Oh yeah. Like, um, yeah, he's gonna get forty. I think he's got to get forty. Um, really? you would think, right? Shooting the puck that many times in, in a game. Um, for another what? How many years do you think he's got left in him? Three, four, thirty-eight. Yeah, I think, do you, do you think right now with what he's accomplished in his career, he's played 1,350 games. He's sitting right now at 822 goals. Okay. And if he, for an example, if he were to break Gretzky's record in the next like two years, three years, like when do you think that he's playing to beat that record? 
Is that his sole reason for playing the game right now? Oh, that's a good question. I think uh, if, I don't know. I think obviously. he's obviously he's obviously won a cup. He's already ha- he's already yes. got a cup. Like I don't he's, think he's staying in Washington because he he wants to win another cup because no, that team sure. is going downhill. They yeah. have they have run their time, their window of opportunity to win. And it is now closed. It's well, not closing. Cranking it's out closed. that rushing gas or whatever they give him over there to put these guys in shape. Because I'm going to tell you what, he looks like he's dragging an anchor on his back. So if you think he's going to score 40 on the PP, that's where he's going to have to get him. Because I don't think he's getting him five on five anymore. All that many. I said he's going to get 28. I said no more than 35. I think there's going. I, to I like be, that over the, under. Honestly, I think the gas the gas in the tank is running out. I think the game is so much faster around him. Watch the Ottawa Senators absolutely beat the shit out of the Washington Capitals last night. So yeah, it's they were just skating right around him, skating right around him. I feel and, like and multiple I feel like times. If, go ahead. If they, if they got a couple of good young players, I think that that would help them. You know, like you know how older guys in the league they just need that youth. Uh, injected into the lineup, and then they need the, those guys to set them up, right? So if they draft well and they have a, I, I don't know who they have in their system, but if they have a couple guys in their system uh, coming up in the next few years, that'll definitely help him because then he could just cruise around the ice and look for one. Been teams. a top team for how long? Like what is he? Fifteen years. So they haven't had high draft picks. Or they can trade Kuznetsov, or they can make a few little moves here and there, and try. Well, to- there was there was discussion about Kuznetsov being on on the trade trade block. But how many teams right now would you think would be interested in a seven point eight million dollar Kuznetsov? Who's how old? How old is Kuznetsov? He's got to be in his thirties. Yeah, twenty nine, maybe. Yeah, somebody thirty. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I don't. I don't think there's many teams uh, interested in him unless uh, unless you're trying to um, like a younger team that needs uh, needs that and needs that, you know, cap like has that cap room first of all, or maybe you need a you know guy to put you hey, over the edge, you know, as a young team. Is that the guy that you want around your young players? You're, not really. Unless I don't know. Hell no. Not really. Hell no. He's he's almost untradeable. He's going to be turning thirty two in May this year. And I, as much as he was a fantastic player, he was a fantastic player on the Washington Capitals all those years, because there was a group of Russian players that obviously um, cared about each other, respected each other, did what they had to do. And they ended up winning a Stanley cup. Okay. But I don't think um, you've getting Knetsov around the league People are like, oh man, I would love to get him on my team right now at seven point eight million dollars. No, so, I can't imagine a lot of. Teams. I think they're kind of stuck with him. I agree. Okay, that's enough Kuznetsov talk. I don't think anyone gives a shit about Kuznetsov. To be honest with you, that listens to this podcast. Agree, disagree, don't really care. Uh, if you do, you know we can we can do an, uh, an after the whistle uh, after hours Kuznetsov episode, Roisy. you brought up bringing up young bringing in young lineup a young player into the lineup the sabers have 18 year old zach benson in the lineup but you were you were a young guy a small guy trying to crack into the lineup have you watched any of this kid what are your thoughts on the fact that the sabers even had room for an 18 year old well, first of all, he's got a great number. I'll give him that. He started, oh, he started right. off with a great number. Um, he's uh, does that, hold on. Does that bother you at all? Not him. No, plays the exact same way. I feel like uh, you know he gets in there, gets around the net. You know, scores dirty goals. Uh, he's not afraid to throw the body around when he needs to. Well, he, that doesn't sound anything like you. <laughs> my earlier years, though. Um, and, uh, you know, he seems, he seems like he's injected some, uh, energy in the lineup. Um, I like him with the, with the Sabres right now. And, uh, like you with said, all, he's igniting all those old guys on the Sabres. <laughs> yeah. Well, like you said before, 18 year olds were almost unheard of or actually unheard of in the Sabres organization for how many years, 18, even 19, they would send you back down. So, uh, I, I kind of like the, the move and give him his 11 games and then see, see what he, what he can do. And, uh, make a decision from there. I think. I think 
They're off to a times have changed start. since you were since you were a kid. It's nine games now, but nine it, games. Okay. Yeah, either way, I get, get your point. You think give him all the nine, eh? Yeah, Could you I, see them I, keeping him. What about keeping him? Well, what if he scores a hat trick on game nine or something like that? You know what I mean? Then what? Don't, oh my you god! Know, things like then, then you got to make a decision. I think that's the Gregorenko effect. That back You're... then during the lockout, it was six games. He scored six game against Leafs, and everyone thought that was going to be the breakout. Yeah. So, what would be the reason for you to keep him? Because you have to think that um, Jack Quinn, another young player, twenty two years old, had fantastic start to his his pro career. He's going to be coming back from an uh, an Achilles injury that he has sustained in in working out over the summertime. He's going to be in the back in the lineup, let's say December it's sometime. Okay, maybe early December, late December. Who knows? See see how his uh, rehabilitation's going. He needs to be inserted into the lineup, so someone has to come out eventually. Um, at what point do the Sabers make a decision on on a Benson because? Looking at his first three games of the season, he's, I guess, tied for the team in points. And when you just look at points, you're just looking at one small side of the game. It's Zach Benson has made the roster because of all the intangibles that he does. It's how he forechecks. It's how it's how he plays defense. It's how he's tenacious on the puck and using good stick and all that kind of stuff. If he plays well in the first nine games, I think you have to keep him for the season, do you not? Yeah, I agree. And I think it puts a little less pressure on uh, you know uh, anybody to come back from injury or because you know how the season goes, right? There's going to be injuries throughout the season. Look, look, look what just happened to Kirby Doc. You know, all of a sudden you got a huge hole to fill there in Montreal, and, and then if you send somebody down now, what you, you can't really call him back up anyway. So um, I think you keep, if he's playing really well, or even if he's playing well, just to get that uh, practice and those touches and the, that professionalism around the locker room. And you know how every day in practice, you just try to get better and better. But if you're going to, down to play junior, you're not getting better realistically. You're touching the puck more and, and you're, you're getting more confident, but realistically you're not getting better, faster. Uh, you get better by playing with better players. I love your change of voice. If he is going to be here all year, based off what you're saying, then then. I would like to see Kevin Adams take one of those other young first round picks that he's stockpiled and now move one of those to bring in another piece to help bolster the roster in season. I don't want, I'm done waiting until the end of the year, like this, this trade deadline or draft or free agency. No, you got to start trying to get better on the fly. And if you see, you know, areas of your game that you, you need to get better in, take one of these young players. Now that you have Benson here, see ya and go bring in a couple veteran players. But you not think that that should have been done in the off season. Well, well I don't think they knew what they had. I mean, when you draft somebody, you, you draft them based on what they did last year. And then they have yeah, at 18, 19, you're making these huge strides in the summertime. And he came probably in better shape than they thought. Probably he looked better on the ice than they thought. And then all of a sudden they're like, well, let's put him in a game. And then all of a sudden he starts scoring. And then you're like, well, we didn't know this guy was this good. You know, I'm 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 guessing the scouts obviously scouted him and and saw how good he was, but until you see him up close and personal playing with big men as opposed to 16, 17, 18 year olds and junior, you don't know what you have until he gets there and performs, right? Understood. But are you going to tell me right now and look me in the face and say that Kevin Adams couldn't have gone out and got a 27 year old veteran hockey player that is a top top line top two line winger um that it, that would make this team better zach benson's not going to hurt the team but is he going to make the team better I, I i didn't know who was a free agent this summer at 27 years old but i feel like buffalo is one of the uh, we know buffalo as a city that that we played there and and, and we love and we got family just, friends and whatnot but like it's not very it's not appealing to a lot of people at 27 becoming a free agent. You're not getting an unrestricted free agent, Rosie. Those guys aren't coming to Buffalo. They don't want to come to Buffalo because they have 25 other uh, cities around the United States and Canada that they'd rather be. Okay. I'm talking about making a trade for somebody 
that they don't have a chance. They don't have a choice. They have to come here. That's just how like you get my- your play. That's how you get your players. That's how we always got our players. Okay. So just hypothetically, I'm going to throw a guy out there that I heard and read multiple times throughout the summertime that this guy was possibly on the block. Possibly this team was putting this player out there just to see what he could look, what he could um, get in a, in a move in a market. His name's Travis Konechny from the Philadelphia Flyers. One of their top goal scorers. He's uh, the right age of what? What is he, Petey? 25? I don't, I don't know. Probably, probably around 25, 26 years maybe. old. 26. He, plays, he plays physical. He's nasty. He's a goal scorer. He's a top two line right winger. He is everything that you want. Right, but they didn't go get him. So now we got to. Now we got to. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying. There were players out there available and they chose not to do that. They chose to go in a situation where they're going to sit on their hands. They're just going to continue to allow an insanely large pool of talented hockey players, whether, whether they were in the minors or drafted like Zach Benson, they're just waiting for these guys to pop and explode. And they gave that opportunity to a Zach Benson who won the position. I don't have a problem with it. But they're also a team that has not made the playoffs in 10 years. They have a, an extremely, extremely good core of hockey players that range from anywhere from basically 20 years old to 25, 26. To bring in another player that is just older, veteran, been through ups and downs, can, can calm down the room. That You know what I'm saying? Like, But they chose not to do that. Now you have Zach Benson and we're talking about, is he going to be here for nine games or is he going to be here for longer? And he's already played three of them. Rosie, and we have, have six heard- more games and then they're going to make a decision after that. About Patrick Kane lately. No, I haven't heard anything about him. The only thing I've heard is I saw his, you know, his, his on ice workouts and how he's coming back and he's looking for a team to sign, but I haven't, I haven't heard anything about, you know, where he's going or, or, or what anybody's thinking about. Is he the right guy for the Buffalo Sabres? I don't think so. Why? It, I just, it, it, there's, there's only one puck out there. You got, uh, you got so many guys that want the puck and need to play with the puck to be successful and to yeah. score goals. And if you're taking that away from a lot of the other guys, then who's going to touch the puck? Who's going to make plays? Who's going to run the power play? Then you're going to have to change the whole power play around and, and switch everything around. I, I don't know. It's just that's what happened in New York. I think is it looked like when I watched a few of the playoff games, it just looked like everyone wanted to make that extra pass, that extra play. Um, everyone wanted to hit the home run, and and when you're when you're not touching the puck a lot, that's what you're thinking about. You're thinking about hitting the home run and scoring a goal or crossing a pass that you probably wouldn't do because you know you're already you're still on the power play and you're going to get more touches as opposed to when you touch the puck only once or twice. You're like. I got to try to score this goal. Uh, you guys I, are I, idiots, man. Patrick I, I, Kane is exactly what this team needs. So if I, I were I, to name you some players, you just even. tell me. So a Skinner, skilled player. Thompson, highly skilled player. Alex Tuck, skilled player. Dylan Cousins, skilled player. JJ Paterka, Jack Quinn, Casey Middlestat. They're all skilled players. Zach Benson, skilled player. Um, Peyton Krebs, skilled player. Where's the sandpaper, Roisey? Think you still need that, Derek? Well, look at Vegas's team. It just looked like they were big, fast, strong. They're just bigger, faster, stronger, and it, it looked like they had an identity. If if you're gonna play with skill, I think your whole team should be yeah, somewhat skilled and fast. You, you need to play with an identity. I, I watched the game the other day. I don't I don't know if they finished one check. There were a lot of circling around and a lot of keeping up your speed and whatnot. And and that's fine. If you're going to play like that, play with a lot of speed, play with a lot of uh, identity. You need some sort of team identity. You can't just put some some meathead in the middle of a lineup and expect, you know, some sandpaper and you play with two skill guys. It's it's hard. It's hard to do that. But if everyone plays the same way with speed, with grit, um, you know, I think hey, your, Jamie, your team has some sort of an identity. Jamie McDonald put me with you and Rubald and <laughs> Yeah, that was to protect me. 
<laughs> this is junior we're talking about hey riv i get traded to kitchener to play on a line with Derek roy and john dunphy two 17 year old kids that absolutely shredded it as rookies just i don't think how i touched happy, how happy were you with that trade roisey well, I didn't know who Petey was. Point total <laughs> just went down from 125 to about 75 in one trade. Did you 16. ever did you ever get touched, Derek? No. Not a fucking chance. I didn't have to do all the rookie things either. Well, packing the bus and little things like that, but not all the I protected you, Derek. I appreciate that. I Petey, protect thanks. yeah, Riv, you have no idea. Oh yeah. Guys wanted to that's why Roisey was a, that's why Roisey in his rookie year was called the Don because he is so friggin' cocky. He didn't know what it was like to be a rookie. So you screwed him up in junior. Oh, and every P- kid needs to go through the rookie experience. <laughs> Roisey walked in, started changing the friggin' music to this hip hop t- uh, Taylor Swift shit. It was unbelievable. Kylie Minogue. Jeez. Kylie Minogue. It's like, why are you even even why are you even near? The stereo right now. I'll never forget when Greerzy first got traded. Mike Greer gets traded to the Sabres. <laughs> <laughs> he, he spends his first night at the Marriott Hotel where Roisey's staying. And he comes in the locker room after his first trip. And he's just dragging through. And he goes, he goes, well, that was an interesting drive-in. He's like telling all the guys I drove in with Roisey that the, the Don did Mike Greer give you the Don nickname. So what happened was there was all these guys got traded. It was like, it was Brad Brown, uh, Mike Greer and was Jeff Jilson or something. Uh, traded yeah, the deadline. Good. Yeah. And they all staying at the Marriott and the team's like, Hey, can you drive all of them? So I'm like, okay. So Roisey, Roisey's this little five. Are you five, nine, five, eight? How tall are you really now that five, this, the, five, nine, I got drafted at five, eight and three quarters, but I went to the doctors the other day. She said I was five, nine. So I'm going, that's because your feet are yeah, fat. That's because you were like, you put gel in your hair. I was wearing, like, give me a break. I was wearing no. lifts in my sketchers. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> hey, hey. Roisey's five, eight and three quarters. Okay. And he's got this massive Lincoln navigator. With big 22 rims, like this thing is big stereo system, big woofers. In the back. In the back. <laughs> yeah, and then these guys, they asked me to, to drive them to the rink. So I'm like, okay. So I drove the guys to the rink, and, and then they're after practice, they're like, where are we going to lunch? So I'm like, okay. So now, now, now I got lunch duty. So I just was driving the boys around, dinner, lunch, <laughs> breakfast, whatever, rink, pregame skate, all that. And then it became once where, um, the guy's like, this guy just runs your show. Greer's <laughs> seen everybody, whatever he says, you guys do. He's like, yeah, he's, he's the Don. So, uh, Don Carleone. And so that's how it started. And guys just kept calling me the Don. I thought it was, they thought it was funny as a 20 year old, uh, and driving, driving from, older guys around. Sausage came from Max. Didn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was Max, calling me Max Finnegan. The he sausage called me Sack Soak, which is like little nipple in Russian, apparently. <laughs> And, and I was, I was like, all right, all right, cool, whatever. And then I think it was PD or somebody who's like, did he just call you sausage? And then Drury and Greerzy and they're all like, oh my God, I think he said sausage. So then you're like, yeah, you look like a sausage. And then it sausage, it turned into sausage. So. Who had the most nicknames when, when you were, when you were playing in Buffalo? Was there a guy that just had... By far, I would say me by far. Oh, Patty Coletta had a few. <laughs> Patty Coletta so, was so many. Doss Boot, Bobby Boucher, Special K, Special K, Bobby Boucher. Did we just uh, say K at the same time? <laughs> yeah. Hey, nicknames are Patty awesome. Coletta would Nick, sit at me, awesome. sit with me. Uh, <laughs> this is at the the end of my career, and I would uh, I would sit on the plane and I would do these just these de- they're the Dell crosswords, which. Which are like a, a third grader can finish the crossword, you know, like, and uh, what has four legs and meows and it's got the three, you know, and I would give uh, he, uh, Patty Coletta would sit with me. <laughs> he couldn't finish the crossword. It was just like, I'm, he's asking me questions. I'm like, are you, are you joking right now? But uh, yeah, I, I we, think he was. Probably, he became a smarter I, guy by the end of the year. I, I can tell think, you those crossword I, puzzles. We. Uh, I, think, 
I think he was smart enough to make you think that he was being serious. I don't think so. Man, nicknames just you can't force a nickname. You just gotta let it come out. And when it what do you does, mean, Ro- it's what do you mean awesome. Rosie? <laughs> Roll that. Yeah, you force Petey. a normal nickname, PD, Rosie, Ribs. Like those are yeah. those are no normal nicknames. But then when when something funny comes out, oh, it just that's it's the best. I, I think you, awesome. you want to know you want to know the telltale sign of uh, a person that the boys love is is nicknames. nicknames. Yeah, yep, I agree. Hundred percent, hundred percent. Older guys, older guys on the team do not get nicknames. Oh, who was right? First, the first young name, guys get first nicknames. Name basis. Some guys were first name basis. Like Jokin, he's like some guys were. I remember guys talking, and some guys didn't have really nickname. Like their last name's hard to like. You know, where you're, well, he could have been Hector. I call Hector. him. <laughs> I call. I call him the German Shepherd. Yeah, you don't know that was a good one. Yeah. Some some guys he, have hard names to, to 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 throw a nickname at. Well, some guys some guys are just hard to get to know too. That's true. <laughs> Maramir Shatan, the guy would uh, show up thirty seconds before a meeting and be the first guy off the ice and out of the room. I was, what yeah, are you talking what, about? That's why like, he was. I've never hero. seen a guy when we had to be at the rink at nine o'clock. You showed up at nine o'clock. I'm like Roisy. You had breakfast yet? He's like no. I haven't had anything yet. I'm like, you had a glass of water? No, I don't You're the reason why I had to go to Lindy to go and get bread in the locker room. We had to buy a toaster. Oh, we're pioneers. Now look at it. Now look what they have. There was there wasn't even protein back in the day. Remember, we had to buy our own protein and protein and put it in the back and and clean up after ourselves and do everything and like try to hide it so no not everyone. That was literally we were literally the only team in the league that did that. You guys know that, right? We had to buy a gym membership too. (laughs) That's crazy. And we didn't have any. We didn't have any food. Like I came from Montreal and San Jose, where they were like state of the art. They had, (laughs) you know. They had everything. They had in San Jose. We had we had a chef that was making us, you know, omelets and and you know waffles or whatever they need. The guys needed. It was incredible. I come to Buffalo and we don't even have a toaster. I didn't give a fuck about that. I need breakfast anyway. I was so hungover coming to the rank that I couldn't even think about food. <laughs> Jeez. All I could think about, all I could think about, was where's my ball of cologne and some gum. Uh, hashtag 11 years sober. Listen, Roisy, do you remember the time we went to dinner? I was trying to think about what city it was in. It was a really nice restaurant. I think it was Dallas. I can't remember where we were, but it wasn't as team dinner. And it was like six of us at dinner. Nick and Sam's. No, no, no. That was our rookie dinner. That was where everyone ordered the $320 10 ounce Kobe river, uh, Kobe fillets. Yeah. Or, was that, was that, was that in Phoenix? Was that, no, that was, those were the bone-in ribeyes that we ordered, the tomahawk chops. Oh. This was just a dinner. We we were a night before a game. It was an off day. You and I showed up to the same restaurant at separate times. Do you remember this? Okay. okay. No. We had the same the same pink and dark blue stripe Hugo Boss stretch. Oh yes. <laughs> And we go back to the table, like the, the we were grabbing a beer at the bar. We go back to the table. There's fucking two seats available and they're side by side. <laughs> the best when you only have one Hugo Boss store in the whole city. <laughs> Everyone's buying from the same guy. He should have kept everything itemized. So then he doesn't sell the same jacket. As I remember like five guys just have the same jacket. Yeah. Uh, all right. Anyway, uh, last question for you before we let you go. Are the Sabres going to make the playoffs? I believe so. I think they they need momentum throughout the season, right? They, they they should, you know, this this win was was obviously huge. I think there was a lot of expectations coming into the season, and and I think a lot of guys, you know, I think they laid an egg in the first game a little bit, and uh, you know, it, it's one of those where you grow as a team, you get better and get stronger. And I think they have the tools. Obviously, everyone knows that. Um, they just got to put it all together. Um, and the one thing I, I've noticed about the teams that I played on, the good teams that I played on, 
I've been the practices got to be harder than the games. If the practices are harder than the games, then the games become easy. I feel like, I feel like when we played with all those guys, we practiced pretty hard and we battled each other and we worked, we worked at it. And then the games become easier. Well, Lindy um, Ruff is back to his old tricks. Did you see Jersey lost? And then there's videos of them doing blue line, red line back and blue line back. And they were, I'm not, they were, I'm not, I'm not saying like, Bag skate guys. I'm, I'm saying, oh yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not, saying I'm just, like you, you got to lead. Andy also sat $8.8 million newcomer, Timo Meyer. He sat him in the, in, in the game. Like Lindy Ruff is, is going to coach to win hockey games at a standard that you have to meet or you're going to pay for it. That's the way he, that's the way he runs his ship. Right. Also, I'm talking about battling for ice time. You know, like if, if you're playing better than somebody else, you're probably going to play ahead of them. And if you're battling constantly for ice time, you're trying to get your best game out every single night. And I feel like when you got a bunch of good players, that's what you have to do. You can't just be like, oh man, I'm not on the power play anymore because this guy took my spot. No, you got to get out there and show that you're going to be on the power player, show that you want to be on the power player or succeed or score a goal or drive the net, do some do something where you get noticed. And then it's going to get on the coach's radar. And then you do that game in, game out. The other guy doesn't do it. He gets punted off. Now he's pissed off. He's trying to get back. So that's where it creates like you're not playing against each other, but you're you're battling each other for space and, and time in the lineup. So did you have that when you were with um, you know, because do you have a focus line by line? Like your line is against Timmy Connolly's line, and we've got a like there's that competition of who is the top line. Like, like do you feel that? I, yeah, I think uh, when when I first got here, there was Danny Breer, Chris Drury, Tim Conley, Adam Mayer, Paul Gostad. These are all centermen. These are all guys that I'm fighting against to try to even to crack the lineup. So I didn't go in there thinking like, oh, no, there's no room for me. I don't know what to do. Uh, I want to get a trade. No, I went in there saying like, well, I'm going to go in and try to lead the camp in scoring. And my first year, it was such a hard thing because your first year you're just excited to be there and you don't know what's going on everything's so fast and then this and then my second year i'm like screw this i i don't care i'm not i'm not here to make friends i'm here to make the team that was my theory go in there and that's at age 19 at 19 and wow you know i think i played i led the camp scoring our camp scoring and then they kept me for you know eight or nine exhibition games and then i got sent back to junior but um uh, no, yeah, the next year I played, and then the next year I got sent down. Um, uh, after my first year in, in Buffalo, I got sent down for like seven or eight games in, into Rochester. But that that first why? year I got sent why, down. Why do you think that? Why do you think they did that? Oh, they told me that everyone was on one ways, and I was the only guy not on a one way. But they sent Palmerville down too. Remember, Palmer got sent down. Yeah, nobody claimed him on. Nobody claimed waivers. Yeah. So me and Palmerville lit up the the. I think in the first like i think i had 21 points in like six games or something or seven games and and uh and then i got called remember that happened i got called up and sent down the same day without even getting on the plane no i don't remember that oh it's a good story so i uh, so I, I had five points the night before in in raw in uh, toronto so i'm at 21 points in like seven or six or seven 20 games. points in eight games stop padding your stats there's okay there's seven fucking, okay there's the internet we can prove 20 up. points and seven games okay and so i get called up so i'm like all right i'm going to play uh you know they're in long island and then i and then so i bring my hockey equipment out of the the bus and everything and i'm like hey guys see you later you know good luck whatever and i you know go home put it in my bathtub let it dry whatever and i'm in rochester and waiting for a phone call the next morning i wake up you know you wake up at like 6 a.m because you're all excited to get called up and I'm waiting for a phone call and it's like 11 o'clock and I'm thinking like, Jesus, what's going on? There's a game. I got to get, I got to get there. So I call, I think it was Don Luce at the time was the player personnel or, um, was Don, I thought it was, I called somebody and I'm like, Hey, what's going on here? I haven't got a phone call by anybody. Um, like what's happening. He's like, Oh, okay. I'll, I'll look into it and, and let you know. So they, they, they call me back and then they're like, uh, yeah, we're not calling you up because Andrew Peters is okay to play tonight because <laughs> you took a slap shot maybe in the ankle or something or something happened where you're like, didn't know if you're going to play. Are you then, serious? I remember that. Do you want to know what happened? No. <laughs> and then I was like, what the heck? What is going on? So it was like Halloween night or whatever. 
Oh my and god! I had all my equipment. I we played the day before. <laughs> we played in New Jersey, and I was a healthy scratch. And Brian Campbell was a was a healthy scratch. So this is early in our careers. What year was this? Was this oh five oh six? Yeah, this would have been after Holy shit after okay. the lockout. Yeah. Okay. So. So we're skating in morning skate. We're done our bag skate. Soupy and I are on the ice playing that Cunny game. You know, Randy Cunningworth oh, game yeah, where you yeah, shoot yeah. end to end? Yeah. Soupy takes a slap shot. It skips once and comes up, and I turn my foot. I take it right off the toe, like the end of your big toe and that, that ball of your toe, but on the inside, okay? So just mm-hmm. before the arch. And it skips up and it this thing's humming and it hits me right in that spot. And I go down, like I'm like, fuck, like and I drop. So I stay on the ice, whatever. My foot's fine. Once I take my boot off, okay, I get it, I shower, I I go back to the hotel, I'm fine. I go for the nap because my roommate, I don't remember who it was, was sleeping. I take a nap, I wake up, I get out of bed, I go to stand on my foot, I fucking collapse. I couldn't even, I could barely walk into the rink on my foot. I have no idea. Like, I'm on my heel, okay? My toe's up. I'm walking in on my heel. I'm like, T-Mac, I have no idea what's going on with my foot. None. And he, So, we go to Long Island, and I get called to T-Mac's room to check on my foot, and my foot was fine the next day. Oh, that's crazy. It was Thanks. like Appreciate I walked it. into his. I walked into his room and I said, "Team, oh Roisey, I think they had Eric Goddard in the lineup." So I was like, "Fuck, call the kid up anyway." Is he still coming? Well, <laughs> so is he still coming? So funny story is, uh, my um, like, I thought I was getting called up the whole day, right? And then once one o'clock, two o'clock rolls around, you're like, "Okay, I'm not getting obviously not getting called up." So now I'm like all pissed off and this is before internet and everything so phones like you had phones but nobody texted each other realistically so i i come waltzing in the room with my back my my over my shoulder with my bag and my hockey sticks and the guys are like what the hell are you doing here kind of thing you know and i just like throwing my stuff in the stall all pissed off and were you and like, like they kept uh, pd was okay they could you imagine they rather i know you realize you're like they fucking want pd in the lineup instead of me can you believe that exactly <laughs> what i said <laughs> i guarantee and, you did i bet you were like fucking peters really jesus well, call me up anyway guys only gonna play fucking a minute anyway tonight well i was just so pissed because they said hey go down you know um do well down in the minors and we'll call you right back up. And I don't think at three points a game, I can't do any better than that in the minors. And I get called up and sent down without even two, going. It was up. two and a half, Roisey. Yeah. We, we, we looked in that. And, and so I played the eighth. So my agents like, don't even play the game. Like he was pissed too, because he, you know, he talked to the team and getting called up all this stuff. And then I called him. I'm like, Hey, I'm not getting what called a up. Fucking like, baby. What a baby Roisey. <laughs> So, so then I, I go play in the eighth game and I'm just, I'm just pissed that I didn't get called up. Right. So whatever I played uh, the the last game and then, uh, I think my agent called them and, and threatened for a trade. And I think that's what got me called up. So that was my last game in the minors. So my foot injury in New Jersey basically got you into the NHL. Yeah. Thanks. Appreciate it. That would have been my third year. That would have been my last year on, under contract under my. Uh, I think I deserve. Deal. Don't you think I at least deserved one percent of that twenty-four million dollar deal he signed at fucking twenty-five years old or whatever he was? At least one percent. Do you ever end up buying that Ferrari? Yeah, he had the Ferrari. <laughs> he says, "Where'd that question come from?" Didn't you uh, take a lot of heat <laughs> during the lockout, the players' strike? <laughs> When you fucking started that thing in an underground garage, <laughs> and it, it's have you, have you not heard this story, Riff? No. Royce sent out a tweet of his Ferrari, and he goes, "My Ferrari sets off car alarms, and there's like cars a lot car alarms going off because he revved his engine <laughs> during an in, NHL. in the lockout." That was a tough, tough timing. Tough timing. I was getting, I was actually getting, uh, I was doing um, a rehab on my shoulder the the trade that almost oh did you hear that story the trade that almost didn't go through technically i almost got sent back to buffalo oh, man. after that trade because i was injured i had a like my shoulder popped out probably like eight times that year and it's all documented so the team said oh he's not injured he never got hurt and so i went to see the doctor 
in Dallas and I'm sitting on the table. He's like, yeah, just, you know, move your arm, you know, in your back and I'm just going to manipulate some stuff. My shoulder pops out on the table and I'm just leaking with sweat. And then he's like, holy, we need to take an MRI on that sucker. And in my head, I was like, oh no, like I'm sweating and my shoulder just popped out. I just popped it back in. And, uh, you, you know, you're not supposed to trade an injured player without saying he's injured. Right. So they were going back and forth and we're doing meetings and, and seeing if the trade can actually go through and, and Dow said, screw it, we'll take them and we'll, we'll, uh, we'll do surgery on them, which I should have got surgery done that summer. Should have like, I should have got surgery done right away after the season. But that's how it goes. So is so your shoulders, why you're what, really why the Ferrari set off the car alarms? No, because I was I was uh, I was in Dallas doing uh, rehab. That's what I was. Uh, it was just after, so I was getting paid during the lockout. So that was oh. the, that was the tough timing part of it. Was what I was saying. Oh, okay, so you probably got some. You got ripped yeah, out. People, by the yeah, people are saying you're getting paid, and and well, what, yeah, what do you yeah. care? And I'm just like, oh I, yeah. I, I, well, I what do you, I mean? Hockey. What yeah? Okay, timing's. In, in all honesty, all those guys were jealous of your timing. Let's just be completely honest. Hey, here's last thing I'm going to say. I know I said that a while ago. That game, that back-to-back nights was uh, 05, 06, and it was October 28th. We played in New Jersey, 3-2 loss. October 29th, we played in Long Island, 6-4 win. The next game we play at home, you didn't play. That was November 2nd. We played Ottawa. We lost 10-4. Oh, that's when me and Palmer got called up. Yeah. And then you guys got called up. And then you were in the lineup for the Montreal Canadiens game, right? That was your first game that year. Mm-hmm. Pominville played. Derek Roy played. Derek Roy, minus two. Welcome to the league. Ooh, tough. Tough start. And... uh I was a healthy scratch, so welcome, welcome. It worked out. You got your. Were you playing in the auto game, the ten four game? Yes, I was minus one five minutes penalty, so I did my job. I remember textbook me... fourth line shift, textbook remember... fourth line game. I remember because we had a few days off after that last game, and I remember me Palmville watching the game and honestly, a little bit celebrating when Ottawa would score. <laughs> I to you. We were just like, yeah, oh my god, get another one. Get cancers. Another one. You guys are cancers. Get another one. Yeah. Can you believe what we're listening to, Rip, right now? I was in the game. I was in the Ottawa game. I played 351 in the 10 4 loss. I was minus one. Five that's minutes. That's, that's a good night. So, yeah, it's pretty decent. Well, there's a wait. There's a one in the column there. Shot on net. Shot on cross net. Cross corner dump that just missed the corner. I loved when PD scored. Actually, when PD scored, oh man, the whole bench went bananas. And so were you there for the three of them? Yeah, yeah, I think so. You Four. never knew what you never knew who he was going to do. Like you never knew what celebration was coming out. It was just going to be like the whole bench was like, "What's he going to do? What's he going to do?" Oh, <laughs> like, uh, hey, hey, there's footage of a game on versus where I scored against Philadelphia, and I don't know who was mic'd up. I don't know if the guy next to you was mic'd up or you were, but you were just like, "Was it PD?" <laughs> and then someone's like, "No, I think it was so and so." Like, "No, PD got it." You're like, "PD got it." it was hit great. his foot. So, hit his foot. Swear to God, didn't go. It didn't hit my foot. I kicked it from my foot to my stick. Go check that one out. Just YouTube it. You know, you want to shit on me for my opinions on Benson? Fine, fuck off. But go look at the goal against Philly. And then go look at my celebration on my or, last goal in the NHL against Nashville, where I just kept my hands in the air for like 30 seconds while there's a brawl going on around me. So I'm like, if I put these arms down, I'm going to fucking kill somebody. So I'm just going to leave him here and just enjoy this minute. This might be the last time. And it was. That's oh, <laughs> why I, I, so I say Coletta passed the puck out to me and I buried the fucking thing. It was unbelievable one timer, like on and off the stick in less than less than three tenths of a second. So I always thought about that. Like you going into a shift, are you going into a shift? Like I'm going to take a, sh- I'm going to get a shot on net or I'm going to bury somebody or I'm going to fight or I'm going to score a goal or our line's going to create some energy. Like what, what, what's what this was my mindset going on the ice. Don't turn the puck over, get the fucking thing in over the red line. If I have it and go and run somebody over. If I don't have the puck in the offensive zone and we have it, I'm going to go stand in the front of the net. Yeah. And don't, do not lose the puck 
on on my wing when I have it. Just if it you, gets over the fucking blue, do not get scored on. Yeah. Oh, that was, but that was like, that was all of that was to prevent all of that. Like, yeah, like none getting scored on as a fourth line player is a fucking nightmare because your night's, your night's done, and it could not done. even have any could done. be done for five games. Yeah. I remember my last game of my first year in the league, and I remember. We, I was even. Chris Taylor was even. Our whole fourth line was even. And he comes up. He goes, our job tonight, because we were already out of the playoffs, our job tonight is to finish even. That's it. We need to be even or better. That's it. And our season has been good. Mm-hmm. I turn a puck over in the first shift, center ice, trying to toe drag somebody. Fucking minus one. And Then I make and, a mistake you, again. You, minus two. And you know those minuses then are hard to get minus back. Minus three. I finished the season minus three. All minuses came in the last game of the year. Those minuses are that hard. To, those are hard to get back on the fourth line. Fuck. If you get scored on, it's hard to get a buck. Fuck. It's the first thing you think of is like, fuck, you just want to be responsible. Just, that's it. All they look for is just, okay, he, he's not relied on to score goals. Can he be responsible defensively? And they see there was one year in the minors rip. I was minus 16. I couldn't catch a break. Me and Ryan Jordy were fucking chasing the green jacket. I swear to God, I, I couldn't catch a break that year. They weren't my fault, not all of them. I will own mine, but there are just times where, like, you know, defenseman rims it, goes off a skate to the front of that back in the net. You're like, oh my God, this fucking just raining, raining minuses right now. Yeah, that was, that's, I just wanted to know the different mentality of, of jumping over the boards. Um, what was you know, your was, mentality? Go be sick score <laughs> like at all costs and if you're in the defensive zone if you're in the defensive zone play defense but once you get over that your blue line it's all offense and go 